We're going to begin our trek through the rest of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 now, from verse 3 on. But I thought this would be a good place in our work through Thessalonians to pause and point out that there are significant disagreements among good Christians, friends of mine, <laughs> and and I and others, about the meaning of the day of the Lord here in verse 2, and our the coming of our Lord Jesus and our being gathered together to him, uh, two different views about how the Lord returns in what sequence. So let me try to explain the difference and why I believe what I believe. Father, as we attempt to describe some of the differences among Christians in regard to the second coming, give me clarity, I pray, fairness, and clear biblical explanation so that we can fix our hope on Christ the way we should. I pray in his name. Amen. So a very popular teaching has been over the years, in the last, say, couple hundred years, the view that this coming and our being gathered is called the rapture. And that rapture is the next thing to happen. It could happen this afternoon, and it means that Christians are raptured, taken up out of the world to heaven. And, and history goes on for another seven years, during which time there's a great tribulation. And then at the end of that seven years, after the rapture, this happens, the day of the Lord. So the day of the Lord, in that view, is not the same as the coming. And I think they are the same. I'll try to give you reasons in a moment. Um, I've already given some. But they don't think they are the same, and that there's this seven-year gap between the rapture and the, the day of the Lord. So this is, this is the, the day of climactic uh, judgment. In this one, the Lord descends to the earth, lands on the earth, sets his, his kingdom, and uh, there's a great uh, judgment. And here, the Christians are, as it were, uh, secretly snatched out of the world while history goes on. Now, I don't think that's a biblical view of things. I did once upon a time, but I'll give you some reasons now why that. Uh, I don't think makes most sense out of biblical texts and doesn't fit very well, especially in Second Thessalonians. The first reason is this. The people here are saying uh, that the day of the Lord has already come. Somebody is teaching that, and Paul wants to correct that and say, no, the day of the Lord hasn't come. Now, on this view, 
sometimes called the pre-tribulational rapture because it's before, pre, the seven years of tribulation. And uh, the first reason I don't think this works is because the natural answer for Paul to give here for why the day of the Lord has not come is, we're still here. I'm here. That's what Paul would say, it seems to me. I can't have been raptured because you Christians are still on the planet, and I'm still on the planet, so we haven't even had the rapture yet, so we can't have had the day of the Lord. That's not at all the way Paul argues. He argues like this, let no one deceive you in any way, for that day, the day of the Lord that you think has already happened, will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Now, what a strange way to argue, I think, if you believe in a rapture. The best thing to say is, this is going to come after we're gone. The main argument for why the day of the Lord hasn't come is we're still here. And Paul doesn't say that. So that's argument number one for why I think the pre-trib rapture doesn't work. Here's the next one. I do believe that the coming of the Lord and the gathering to meet him can be called a rapture because back in 1 Thessalonians 4, that's what happens. So this is, everybody agrees that this is the coming of the Lord to uh, take the people to himself. For this we declare to you by a word of the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep, that is, who have died, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up. Now, that's where the word rapture comes from, because that was translated by a Latin word that sounds like rapture in English. We will be raptured. So, that's a biblical teaching. We will be caught up together with those who've just been raised from the dead. And so the living at the coming of the Lord and the dead at the coming of the Lord who are in Christ will together meet together with them in the clouds of the air to meet the Lord. Now that word meet here, here's my, my second argument for why I think the view I'm talking about doesn't work, is not that we will go with the Lord back to heaven for seven years. That word meet is used two other times in the New Testament, Matthew 25, 6 and Acts 28, 15. And in both of those cases, as here, I believe, the meet means you rise to meet the Lord as he descends and you become a welcoming party and descend to earth. There's no, there is no teaching here about going back to heaven with the Lord when he comes. Rather, we rise to meet him, and we become the entourage as he establishes his throne on the earth. A third reason is noting the word coming here. So this coming to 
gather his living people and his dead saints together with him and establish his kingdom is called his coming, parousia. That same word is used in Second Thessalonians chapter um, 2, verse 8. Then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. That's the same word, the parousia of the Lord, and this is clearly the day of the Lord with flaming judgment. So this is not the event that is secret, snatching Christians out of the world and taking them back to heaven for seven years, even though it's the same word used for the event that people who hold that view say refers to that rapture back in 1 Thessalonians 4. While I'm here, I might as well point out this word, appearance. Christ will come, and he will bring to nothing the man of lawlessness by the appearance of his coming. Now, that word appearance right here is used for one of our favorite texts about what we are waiting for as Christians now, the next thing on the calendar in eschatology. We wait for our blessed hope, the appearing, same word, of the glory of our great God and Savior. This is the next event that we Christians are waiting for, and it's not a secret rapture in which we are snatched back to heaven. Rather, it is this terrible and awful and glorious event of destroying the man of lawlessness as Jesus returns. And just to be really uh, open about this, when I was struggling with this decades ago, trying to determine what I believed, what really clobbered me as one who used to believe in a, a secret rapture that took Christians out of the world and back to heaven before the day of the Lord, is the way Paul describes the second coming in Second Thessalonians 1. So I'll close with this. God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted. Okay, so two things are going to happen. There's going to be repayment of affliction on unbelievers, and there's going to be repayment of relief to believers. Now, the question is, when does that happen? And he describes it. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God. So this is clearly not a secret rapture, and yet it is precisely when we are expected to get relief. So I, I couldn't make that work with a pre-trib rapture. He's talking to believers in Thessalonica, and he's saying that when the Lord comes, two things are going to happen. 
judgment, and relief. Relief for those of you who are being persecuted, and judgment for those who are persecuting you. So, back to our text. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him is the question of the second coming referred to in 1 Thessalonians 4, where we gather to meet the Lord in the air and where the Lord Jesus descends from heaven with the cry of command. And that is the question he's addressing, and he calls it here the day of the Lord. And I said in a past episode why I think the day of the Lord, the day of Christ, the day of the Lord Jesus all refer to the one event of the second coming, which involves both uh, judgment and relief. So we rise to meet the Lord in the air. We descend with him as he establishes his kingdom on the earth. Now, let's follow Paul's argument through the rest of this chapter in which he explains why the day of the Lord cannot have come, and he argues this way, not in the way you'd expect for him to say, we're still here, it can't have happened. Rather, he says, a rebellion has to come first, and a man of lawlessness has to be revealed. We go to that next time.